So now that we've explored blood pressure in a bit further detail, what I want to explore now is the entire purpose of our circulatory system, and that is the delivery of nutrients and the removal of waste from our tissues. Now, our capillaries are able to do this in three main ways. Now, this, this is an overgeneralized list, but we're going to just start at the basics. The first one is diffusion. So diffusion is the passive movement of a substance from high concentration to low concentration. Now, although diffusion is incredibly important, and we're going to talk about diffusion in much greater detail in our next series when we discuss the lungs, the problem with diffusion with our capillaries is that it's very slow. The second one here is active transport. Now, what active transport is, is that via the use of protein pumps in our membranes, we can pump things against its concentration gradient. So this is going from a low concentration to a high concentration, but this requires energy as well. The one that we are going to be focusing on on this video is looking at bulk flow. Now, what is bulk flow exactly? So with our capillary network, we have an arterial end, we have a venous end, and they are connected by our capillary bed. So what we have involved here is substances or fluid moving out of the capillary. So moving from the capillary out into the interstitial space. And we have fluid moving from the interstitial space into the capillary. Now what's also important to note, and this will also be covered in further detail uh, later on in our video series here, is where we actually have fluid in the body. There are three main locations. The first one, is in our blood as plasma. The second place is the interstitial space. Now the interstitial space is not inside of our blood vessels, but it is surrounding our tissues, okay? It's surrounding the cells. And the third place is the intracellular fluid. So this is fluid located inside the cell. Now this capillary exchange that we are talking about here is the movement or exchange of fluid between our capillaries and the interstitial space or that interstitial fluid. Now, when we are looking at the movement of fluid from the capillary out into the interstitial space, this step is known as filtration and is promoted by a force called hydrostatic pressure. Now, overall in this bulk flow, there are two main forces that we are going to be discussing. In the filtration step, when fluid is moving out, that is occurring via hydrostatic pressure. When fluid is moving back in, that is done by colloid osmotic pressure. Now, don't worry, I'm going to explain all of this again with the help of a useful diagram, but I need to introduce these two new terms to you. So what is hydrostatic pressure? So what hydrostatic pressure describes is hydro, meaning water, and static, which is sort of a force that is exerted by the weight of this substance alone, which in this case would be the weight of the plasma fluid. Now that force, this hydrostatic pressure is competing against colloid osmotic pressure. Now, what is colloid osmotic pressure? I don't wanna to get too bogged down into the chemistry of it in terms of what a colloid is and how that varies from a sort of suspension versus a dissolved substance. But what a colloid is, is it's a substance that is evenly dispersed throughout a solution. And osmosis is the movement of water from a high solute concentration to a low solute concentration through a semi-permeable membrane. 
And in this example with bulk flow and capillaries, that semi-permeable membrane is our capillary. So what we have here is substances moving out and substances moving in. And what is controlling those movements are hydrostatic pressure and colloid osmotic pressure. So this diagram is quite nicely describing all of bulk flow here. Now, like I explained earlier in the very first series when we looked at a diagram of the heart, if you were to first look at this diagram, it could be quite overwhelming. But what we're gonna do is break it down into chunks and we're going to deconstruct it together. Now, splitting it straight in half, straight down the middle, we have our filtration and reabsorption. So what is happening here is that from our arterial side, arterioles are then leading us into our capillary network here. So what's also important to keep in mind is that the arteries have a higher pressure than our venous system. So the arterial system has a higher pressure overall than our venous system. So as the blood is moving from our artery into our capillary, what is important to note here is that because of that additional or higher blood pressure, there is a higher hydrostatic pressure because there's more fluid in the capillary than what there is in our interstitial space here. So because there is more fluid in our capillary, there is more hydrostatic pressure. Because there is more hydrostatic pressure, that is going to compete with our colloid osmotic pressure. So to really help wrap your head around this, we need to keep in mind that hydrostatic pressure is wanting to push this fluid out, out of the capillary into the interstitial space. The colloid osmotic pressure is wanting to drag water from our interstitial space into our capillary. So when we are looking over here at our filtration end, and that's what these arrows are describing down here, is we have 35 millimeters of mercury of hydrostatic pressure that's wanting to push out. However, we have uh, 21 millimeters of mercury of colloid osmotic pressure wanting to drag back in. So think of this like a tug of war. Okay, we've got 35 verse 21. The 35 is obviously a, a much greater pressure. So the hydrostatic pressure wins. And what that means is, is that the fluid is then going to move from the capillary out into the interstitial space. But what is important to keep in mind too, is that colloid osmotic pressure is constant, whereas the hydrostatic pressure is changing. Now I want us to think about that for a moment. Why would the hydrostatic pressure be changing? Because as we move further down our capillary, and we get closer towards this reabsorption end, what we see is the hydrostatic pressure go from 35 down to 16. How could it more than half of that pressure is, is gone? What's happened? Well, we remind ourselves of what hydrostatic pressure is. It is a pressure exerted from a body of fluid. And that body of fluid has been significantly reduced. Why? Because it's not in the capillary anymore. It's moved from the capillary out into this interstitial space. So now what's going to happen is this hydrostatic pressure is now lower than our colloid osmotic pressure. And this is where we see the reabsorption occur towards the venous end. So what is generating this colloid osmotic pressure? One of the main contributors to this colloid osmotic pressure is 
proteins. And these are the proteins that are in your blood, that are in your plasma. So the plasma proteins are the colloid that is in our colloid osmotic pressure, or one of the main contributors. And that is encouraging that fluid to drag back into the capillary. So again, a quick recap. As fluid is moving from the artery into our capillary, the hydrostatic pressure is wanting to push out, out of the capillary into this interstitial space. The colloid osmotic pressure is wanting to drag fluid from the interstitial space back into the capillary. Because there is more fluid on the arterial end, the, the colloid osmotic pressure is going to be essentially overpowered and that fluid is gonna move from the capillary into that interstitial space. As we move further down, what we see is that fluid moving out and there is going to be less hydrostatic pressure. Therefore, on the reabsorption side, what is going to happen is that the colloid osmotic pressure is going to be greater than the hydrostatic pressure and it's going to drag fluid back into the capillary and then it will move through into our venules, through to our vein and back to the heart to resume circulation.